Kip, welcome. Hi, guys. Yeah, this is Kip Baldwin and Everett Hirsch here with Soul Documentary. Uh, glad to be back on the show with you guys. How, how's everything going over there? Pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty well. So, introduce yourself, please. You can do it the best. Sure. I, this is Kip Baldwin with Soul Documentary. I'm here with my creative partner, Evan Hirsch, mm. also from Soul Documentary. Um, we're producers of content that focuses on sharing solutions for the myriad of challenges facing humanity, um, all focused on really moving us from the system of institutionalized fear that we have existed in for thousands of years to the love paradigm, in a nutshell. Thank you. First of all, I have to really compliment you on the video for the Venus Project, which is, I've said several times already, it's on YouTube. It's very professional and, frankly, uh, I think inspired. Um, now, a lot of people are not aware of the Venus Project and its background. Can you cover a little bit of that? Sure. Um, well, I first learned about the Venus Project um, when I saw the Zeitgeist Addendum movie, I don't know, whenever it came out, seven, eight years ago, and I was blown away by, um, you know, Jock's designs and plans. I'm like, why aren't we all talking about this? And eight years later, um, or so, we had the, we're the good fortune of actually traveling to Venus, Florida, and getting to spend time with Jock at 101 uh, to do the last interview of his life and get to meet the man in person and his partner, Roxanne Meadows, and really see firsthand what it was all about. And it surpassed um, any of my wildest imaginings that I'd created after seeing the Zeitgeist Addendum movie from both Jock the Man and Jock the Plans. All right. Well, for you know what? And then uh, Evan, I know, has some personal stories that he'd like to share on how we actually ended up in Florida doing this as well. Now, a lot of people may not be aware about the Zeitgeist Project, which I've seen, a very high-quality project. It's kind of giving a, a background, the history of uh, both religion and uh, politics, and a uh, very interesting guy. Um, some of it's more speculative in nature, but it, nevertheless, it's a good quality project. That's So the one inspired the other, right? Well, um, that, I mean, Jock had been doing this for literally 100 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, Peter, the gentleman, um, and I forget his last name, behind Zeitgeist, reached out to Jock to have them be part of that project. So yes. That Venus Project was well underway long before, I think, the people, long, long before uh, Zeitgeist, um, people were even born. So, Roxanne Meadows co-founded uh, the Venus Project with Jock Fresco. They, that was 40 years ago. They bought a 21-acre property in a place, of all places in the world, in the very center of the state of Florida, called Venus, Florida, and so oh. named by the astronomers who felt that was the best spot for the view of the planet Venus, oh. having nothing to do with the goddess of love, nothing to do with the <laughs> Venus Project, whatever that might mean for what anyone interprets about the name of the <laughs> Venus Project, which is the, the culmination of the work of Jock Fresco and Roxanne Meadows, their property, the buildings they developed, the designs, architectural designs, the social designs, and industrial designs, it, and so many more that Jock and Roxanne put together and built into models. She was an architect in her own right. They built these models together. Jock did work doing special effects in Hollywood, so he was an <laughs> expert at taking these little models and, and 
putting them on camera as though they are like you're watching a Star Wars or a sci-fi where you're seeing these things fly by or futuristic monorails zooming by at 2,000 miles an hour, etc. And so, you know, our work with Soul Documentary, this is a branch of my own personal philanthropy. I've been funding this project from the beginning. This is a creative expression and outlet for myself, for Kip and I as creative partners. And ultimately it's about finding solutions. Our tagline that everyone knows something needs to change is a universal thing. I wonder how many people in the world think that everything in the world is in, everything they're aware of in their world is great. You know, we're, we're, we're encroaching on every last indigenous corner of the globe, and there, there's almost nothing that isn't touched by industrialism. And I, I always, you know, lament that the most commonly recognized logo on this planet is that red awning you see with that cool, refreshing beverage at some cafe in every little town in every corner of the third world. And so that is where we want to find solutions so that there will be thriving in the world. We have a biological imperative to survive as every animal and every life form on Earth, and yet we're the ones with the 1,400 cubic centimeter brilliant rocket science masterminds. We should be the ones that know how to thrive and make our environment as balanced and healthy as, 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 and take responsibility for our custodianship of the Earth. And so as a philanthropist, this is where I've taken responsibility, that where I channel my... My, not only my funds that I have and resources that I have to share and contribute, but my energy and effort, my creative power, and most importantly, my attention. I, I'm, I'm conscious about what I let in and where I put my attention. And so in looking for solutions that seemed worthy of our attention, our time, our focus, our creative output, ultimately, when we discovered Jock Fresco and Roxanne Meadows and the Venus Project that they created together and the underlying mentality, if you will, the value system, the culture, how the culture adheres to a value system. Sound familiar? No, not in our world, right? <laughs> I mean, we feel that it's clear that pursuit of profit goes against biology itself. It goes against life. And exponential growth is not possible on a finite planet. At some point, there, there is a, a finality to our resources unless we choose to work in harmony with our environment, starting with ourselves and our own heart, with each other, and with our tribe, and then our precious planet. We can do this. We, we can build ships to the moon. We don't need to spend much of our attention building our home on Mars. We can spend our precious attention and put our brain power to work here on Earth. And that's what Jacques and Roxanne have showed us, that if we just shift slightly in our intention and actually live with choice and honor, acknowledge what our value system is. We get to set it, check our hearts, and set our own value system. The Venus Project shows how we can live in accordance with what we would do if we really recognize that we care and we want to live and we want to thrive and we want to make all of our effort towards figuring out a way to do that. And Jock, I'm convinced with his plans, has shown us that we can elevate every human on Earth to a high standard of living in 10 years, a mere 10 years, it sounds like, wait, what? But we have automation, we have artificial intelligence, we have 
very sophisticated methods of production and transportation and construction. Furthermore, with the fundamental underlying concept in the Venus Project of having a resource-based economy in which we declare that all of the Earth's resources are the common heritage of us all, then all of a sudden we can put our heads together to come up with the best humanity can come up with on behalf of us all. Once we eliminate so much of the superficial waste, we can then utilize those resources. Imagine how, how many cars are sitting in a lot empty and no one can drive them because no one's handed over that money because they don't have it. How much shelter space exists in this world in buildings of any kind while people are out exposed to the elements with no, no shelter for themselves. That, just how do we reconcile that in our hearts? And so that's what the Venus Project is about, living a life in accordance with, with something we can reconcile with our hearts, something we can really feel we're honoring ourselves, our tribe, the world around us. And so that's what we stand for at Soul Documentary. That's why one big thing we represent is the Venus Project. Of all the solutions, of all the nonprofits, of all the causes out there that we've, we've looked at and previously aligned with, we ultimately land on the Venus Project because by doing this, we solve all of the others because we approach them from a completely different perspective. And, and here's the thing. You know, Jock was... I mean, so much of this came out of Jock growing up in the Depression, watching his own family struggle, realizing there has to be a better way. Yes. And I know Evan mentioned that Jock built uh, models and things for Hollywood, but let your audience think that this wasn't somebody whose designs were put into practical application. He also came up with this first extruded aluminum housing after World War II, so some of his ideas were already starting to be put into actual practical use. Um, you know, he also... The, 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 the thing is, is I think a lot of times you, people hear about this and they think, it's, oh, it's so idealistic. We can never do that. Well, one, in World War II, when we had a common perceived enemy that we all needed to unite against, we stopped all of our frivolities. We shut down our auto production. We stopped playing even professional sports. And we, did, we put all of our efforts into the war effort. We, the, the crisis we face now, Hitler couldn't have imagined. We're on the verge of planetary extinction if we don't figure out a better way forward. So when Jock died, there was a, um, uh, an Austrian e uh, economics professor who got quoted in his obituary. And he was a little bit negative, calling Jock an idealist. And, stuff. and I, I thought it was wildly inappropriate to be criticizing the man in his obituary. So I reached out to him, and we ended up uh, getting into a conversation about idealism versus what is realistic. And I said to him, I said, you know, you're telling me that if only all the stars aligned and everything was just perfect in the capitalist system and people cared and, it was, and people could share equally the capitalism, there's no better system. We've tried. We've tried for thousands of years in one form or another with the system. It doesn't work. It won't work. Anyone who's believing it is, I don't care who's running for president, they're delusional. Anyone who isn't talking about a world without money is out of their mind. It's not idealistic to say, hey, here's, an I here's some ideas on how we can actually move forward that someone's devoted their entire hundred years of being to figuring out how we can not only work together socially, but also as far as the planet's resources and really coming up with a model from soup to nuts on how we can build our cities, how we can manage our resources, how we can create a culture where we can all thrive with the value system underlying that that will help and support each and every one of us 
to be the best version of ourselves we can be. Right now, we are living in a system that's exactly opposite of that. So anyone who thinks that's idealistic, it's not. It's realistic if we want to have hope of a tomorrow. And it's just that simple. And again, you know, the idea that we can't do this, all I, and I realize so much of your audience wasn't around during World War II and have no interest in really learning that much about history, but they should because we shut down all of our production and devoted entirely to this existential threat that we perceive. And, and I, I'm stating this again because I need your audience to understand. This is a crisis like no crisis we've ever faced before. You can bury your head in the sand all you want, but the fact is sooner or later, it's going to reach your bubble too. For the vast majority of the world, the apocalypse is already underway. And we need to wake up to that, and we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we don't get into too much of the doom and gloom here. It's full yeah. documentary for sure, but but it's there. It's underlying all we do because if there were no issues, problems, hardships uh, in the world, we wouldn't need charity. We wouldn't need nonprofits. We wouldn't need philanthropy. But these things exist to support those causes, people, uh, animals, children, the environment, the planet, uh, our sanity that need it. There's a lot of healing that needs to be done, and um, you know, and until we change our story, God, think just think of the dancing we'll do when we change our story, and we have accepted that this is one human family, and we recognize, wait, just because we turned off the money machine last night at midnight, and this morning we woke up, and my bank account is zero, and Kip's is zero, and yours is zero, and the homeless guys is zero, and Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg are zero, but. Every single thing on this planet is still right here. Yeah. Yep. True. A ton. Eighty percent of the workforce didn't have to go to work tomorrow because we don't need stockbrokers and advertising and marketing and lawyers and bankers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And everyone else, drive your bus. You drive a bus. We okay. We need that. People need to get places. Keep driving your yeah. bus for a minute while we figure this out. Everyone wants has a, a, an impetus to participate in life. The next step is to be productive, to contribute to something especially bigger than themselves, their own family, their community, their tribe, you know, think globally, act locally, right? And we got this. If you just are willing to go on the thought experiment to actually turn off the noise that's been programmed into your mind and the fears about how it won't work or why it won't work or what a disaster it'll be or whatever, how acknowledge those are real but for the sake of the thought experiment and to show yourself what your own creative mind can do when it gets in touch with your heart imagine that we wake up tomorrow and the bank accounts are at zero it's all on a computer anyway the switch was flicked and they all say zero so now what what happens? You wake up. Who's there? What do you do? What does your partner do? What do your friends do? What What does your your you know well et cetera? What does your banker do? What does your lawyer do that day? Wait, there's okay. The money. There's nothing to sue for anymore. We just need to go to work, taking care of everyone, doing everything. All the machines are here. All the factories are still here. All the farms are still growing. All the peach trees are still full of luscious fruit. Nothing went away. Nothing changed. Those cruise ships, luxury cruise ships are still sitting in their same dock where they left off last night. If those people didn't know they're not going to get a paycheck next week, they're going to keep working. A lot of them love the life on the ship anyway. My point is 
go on the thought experiment and just imagine we wake up and what do I do? What happens next? Who doesn't have to go to work? Who would go to work? Aren't the people who do the jobs we really need the most, the nurses and doctors and teachers, aren't they the ones who are so dedicated to their work? They go all crazy hours and put up with insane conditions and do it because they're coming from their heart and they get to do a job that nurtures their human family. We have that impetus, that instinct. We are a eusocial creature. E.O. Wilson, in his 1977 work, Sociobiology, pronounced us one of 18 species on Earth of ultra-social creatures. Think bees and termites and ant colonies. We are that. We make sacrifices for the tribe. It's just who we are in our DNA. So when you think about the kind of world we could create, if that's the place we came from, our biological reality, not this isn't some fantasy hippie utopia, this is who we are as an animal. Maybe that's what the hippies tapped into when they did the psychedelics, the mushrooms are the, the mycelial networks that hold the trees together. And the ones that come up and help us expand our consciousness are not on this earth by accident. And we are saying, open your mind, recognize we've all been programmed, rethink everything we think, and go on the thought exper- experiments of what's possible if we use our own God-given, natural-born, Mother Gaia, you know, gifted, intelligence and creativity and and passion and compassion for each other we oh. can do this we well, got all it. Right, and, that's what they were and, and here's the thing guys we've got a film that we're premiering at um ilm premier theater on yeah. uh 11 10 and we're releasing to the public uh, for sale on the internet on on 11 11 um uh called it's a it's a, a world worth imagining jock fresco so, the man with the, man the, plan. With the plan and in this a couple of really important points to, um, that Doc made to uh, follow up on what Evan was just talking about. We have enough resources on this planet to take care of every living being need. We don't have enough money. The money that we print out of whole cloth nothingness, we don't have enough of. But we have enough resources. Yes. There's no reason anyone should be hungry. There's no way, reason anyone shouldn't have a home. This is the insanity that we've now created for ourselves. Like Jock said in the film, he said, what people don't want money, they want access to things. That's what yes. we all want. I don't want a bunch of money. I don't care about money. What do you guys care about? You care about the things that money can buy. You care about having access to food. You care about having access to your home. And, and as far as this being doom or gloom, I've worked in disaster preparedness for more than 30 years. And it's always a fine line to walk between saying, listen, people, Disasters are going to happen. You need to be prepared and being a doomsayer. In our, when we interviewed Jock, and I want to prove Jock wrong, because Jock said, I think most likely we'll wipe ourselves out. I want to believe that we're going to see Jock's ideas come to fruition. I want to believe that we're going to live past this dark age as we found ourselves in, and that we will have a history worth, worth remembering. Right now, we don't. We're just like he was daring us yeah, exactly. to do it. I dare you. You probably won't even do it. You know, and now it's like a psychological game. Now it's like, okay, we got to fix this planet. we got to come together. we gotta, we got to do this. All right. 
So we, we really feel so obviously inspired. Jacques Fresco is one of our absolute heroes, and Roxanne Meadows, who was right alongside of him for 40 years and helped develop so much of his work, has become someone we would call a dear friend. We're flying her out here from Venus, Florida, to the Bay Area for the uh, big opening weekend. We're calling a weekend worth imagining. And uh, we're, as Kim mentioned, we've got the premiere screening room at Lucasfilm. Super excited to be doing a futuristic, war- real Love futuristic world. Let's extend some passes to you guys. So we feel that this film represents a realistic future world for us, whereas we've seen all the Star Wars, you know, future sci-fi stuff. And now we're going to show, okay, but when, when we weren't spending, when we had a brilliant human being who wasn't spending his time creating fantasy tales of other worlds and stuff, he was saying, wait, with whatever technology we can conceive of now and where that next step that it takes us when you scale it up to serve the whole planet for everyone, where does that take us? And and we've seen certain versions of of futuristic worlds like Star Trek kind of thing with a world beyond money. But um, the cool thing about Jock and Roxanne is they've shown how it integrates with our current world, our current system, our, our current technology, and what's right around the corner and what we can do with it. That, I mean, in 1974, he had a brilliant interview on Larry King's show, and he had these elaborate systems for 2,000-mile-an-hour monorails and this ocean dam system that was just ingenious. You have to see him explain it yourself, which will, of course, be in the, in the movie, A World Worth Imagining. And so we're bringing Roxanne out for this big weekend. We're going to do a VIP preview on November 10th, and then on 11-11, everything in the world changes. A World Worth Imagining is released, and we're going to get a chance to peer into our beloved hero, Jock Fresco's heart, at 101 years old, after suffering over a decade of Parkinson's, make his final plea to his human family. You guys and gals, let's do this. Whatever it takes, let's wise up and throw away the chains, the shackles of money, and the capacity that it's given such a small, elite, quote-unquote, few to have so much power over so many and abuse that power in so many ways to the point that we literally see harm we're doing to our own planet watching our beloved family and tribe die of diabetes and cancer and heart disease and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and knowing that it's our environment and what we put in our food and what we put in our crops and what's being put in our air and our water and all of it. it, None of it makes any sense from a simple biological standpoint. So hopefully one area we can all just agree and recognize we are another animal, another primate on this planet. We're not separate. We're not these robot things that are meant to be, you know, merged with technology living in these domiciles. We're just a really, 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 really smart chimpanzee who got the hand-eye coordination down and developed this crazy thing called language. And so we've taken technology a lot further than any other creature we've seen around here, at least. And so this is our responsibility. It's our opportunity. It's our privilege to be able to do this. And we feel a privilege in doing what we're doing with Soul. And what a privilege it is to be involved with Roxanne and 
and the Venus Project and be able to share their work and Josh Flatt's interview in our film, A World Worth Imagining. We're, we just, every time we watch it, we get more out of it and are touched even more. And the most beautiful, prophetic thing, every time he says it, I get the, the angel's goosebumps and the hair stands up and he says, I, I said, well, Jock, I, you know, aren't, aren't there enough of us out there who can make something happen? And he said, this will make something happen. This film. And we're, that's what we're, we're banking on, literally. We're putting everything into this. Okay. We're going to be doing a, a matching grant fundraiser with the Venus Project. I'm offering $50,000 to match for funds we raise upon the release of this film. And we're going to do some fun contests and stuff around all that. And we want people to become aware of the Venus Project and join up over there and volunteer and help them promote and spread the word. Learn as much about it as you can. The value system is what it's all about. The guy was genius, and he did many different things. And there are a lot of cool visual stuff that you can check out. But that's, that's just one tiny aspect of this whole new world, this whole new society, what they literally call a world beyond politics, poverty, and war. Wouldn't those be three things that would be nice to move beyond and grow out of and mature as a species to, to, to be beyond that? Because Doc understood something that uh, Nikolai Tesla said. Technological right. uh, I need to jump in here. Kip. Isn't really progress. Go on. Kip. Yeah. Kip. First of all, you made a lot of valid points, and I want to thank you for being on here today. Uh, these guys have heard me say time and time again that uh, technology has not yet been able to really serve people and, and help them and in, in, in better their lives. And, and you are talking about um, you not just need the resource, you need to have the, the technology. And by technology, I just mean um, the organization or the information to make it more effective. And, and, and I've seen his designs, and he does use technology to the extent of it being organically based. Am I I'm not right with that, right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, by the way, uh, off air, I'd like to go over with you. I have a couple ideas for fundraising as far as creating projects. We'll oh, do that off air. Um, as far as the past shows, we've been having someone archive that. They can help you with that. And uh, uh, Fred, he's, he's our great guy. And uh, what else? Uh, but I want to... I really want to emphasize a point you're doing as it being very realistic. And so here are my questions. So if you need something, you get it. Is that what you're saying? We're talking about a resource-based economy. It's a world beyond money. So there is no method of exchange. This, imagine The best way to imagine this is that it builds. Think of like... If, a, if one of those hippie communes where all, they all went and they all had everything they needed, someone inherited a bunch of money or, you know, they got a couple cows and a farm and whatever, and it was just there, right? Yeah. Okay, so now you start with that. This thing starts with a couple billion dollars, and you have this city where everything needed is there, and it's built in that efficient way that... that jock, you know, ignited and, and, and conceptualized to be perfected by the people who are involved in, in building it. And then 
the people come there and they, they're there. They're taken yes. care of. Okay, now the next one gets built. Now the next. Now this catches on. If you build it, they will come. More and more and more and more people get taken care of. Okay. And in the meantime, people are being potentially supporting you, putting a lot of people to work. Think of, okay, I love, my favorite way to look at this is Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Larry Ellison, all of them, they're cronies. They have this club and they have hundreds of billions between them and they've all pledged to give away this certain percentage of it in their lifetime, right? Yes. And they're putting schools in places that are teaching, you know, how to sell pharmaceuticals and stuff to Africans and whatever, all, anything that serves the agenda that they can make look like, oh no, we're purifying some water, but we're dot, dot, dot with the other resources of the women or whatever. So imagine that kind of philanthropy money is now just going into something like that billion dollars and boom, you've now built your first city. You can have 10,000 people for life. Now have all everything. There's the food production is there. The transportation is there. The energy production is there. What they, everything they need, shelter, clothing, um, the food, water, energy, healthcare, transportation. Your needs are there. So everything else, you flourish in your own creativity. That's what the world is for. We are a creative being intending to create, you know, designed to create. And so that's what we'll continue doing. And so it's just a, a small portion of philanthropy that is out there. I mean, essentially, I can hereby, you know, make public that I've pledged a million dollars in my lifetime or I have my demise, maybe even more than that, to the Venus Project myself. And I'm just one guy. So if I'm a millionaire who can get other millionaire philanthropists to put some resources towards the Venus Project, you and I could be living there in a matter of a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, Tom Steyer, stop blowing your money trying to be president. Put it into something where we can actually recreate a new future. Um, yeah. Roger McNamee, yeah, you were great in The Great Hack. I, I'm glad you're sorry for all the things that you feel bad about with Facebook and the money you invested in it. Here's something you can do, guys, instead of continuing to invest in, in more copycat technology that just programs us further and further into the system. Invest in the future. Invest in a real future for all humanity. And that's what this film project is really about. It's not just about people coming and seeing the film. Of course we want people to see our work. But more important than that, this is, as Evan said, a fundraiser for the Venus Project that will be ongoing as long as people want to watch this documentary. But more than that, it's inviting you to take responsibility for yourself and your own future and to feel like here's a way I can feel empowered. Here's something I can get involved with. I don't have to just count on the people at the top to change things because they won't. It's never going to happen. If we're going to have any real change in this planet, it's going to start from the ground up. It's got to start with you and me and Evan and everyone else out there. No one's going to do it for us. Yes. So I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. And I am familiar with with Jock, and I, I saw a his autobiography or something like that and he went through the depression and his family uh and him well specifically him he was stunned by wait a minute everything was working yesterday why is it not working today and uh, he became an architect very inspired then we had that uh peter that one guy who created zeitgeist which was like i said pretty darn good um a lot of it was uh point of view but uh, still pretty pretty darn good stuff. And you created the Venus Project. And before you went on the air, I said, the Venus Project is not about eros. It's about uh, a resource economy. 
Now, I, I think it was Peter that in his documentary said that, for instance, do you really need to own your own golf clubs when you only use them once a month? So you would have access to golf clubs. You don't need to buy one. And then, uh, by the way, on my Buck This System Facebook page, all the, a lot of the pictures from the Venus Project is on there. And uh, if people want to take a look at it, just go on Facebook to Buck the System. And it's an open page. I do everything openly. I don't believe in doing anything surreptitiously <laughs> in secret. And uh, so uh, pretend for a second that the Venus Project is finished. What would be an average life person's life? Well, as Jock always said, when labor is done by machines, it frees man and woman uh, to, to pursue the creative endeavors. And so we the will... potential. Yeah, the higher potential of man. We, we will think it. Check your heart. You know, what do you love doing? Don't they always say, if you can do what you love doing for a living, you'll never work a day in your life? Yes. Think of that. I mean, any self-help guru will have you go through a little meditation and, and imagine, you know, what, what, where do you want to be, inside or outside, around people or all along, behind a computer screen or with a pen in your hand. You know, it's, search your heart. It, you get to create it. That's what's so beautiful about it. It's ours to create. And, and having Roxanne there as the founder and the Venus Project and she's so approachable and so nurturing and very much she just supports you, meets you at your level and supports you where you are and that was one of the, the greatest things about both Jock and Roxanne is they're, you call it down to earth when you, oh they just get me they're just cool with, with, with anyone and everyone, well yeah of course I mean I love, one, one of the things I love the most about Jock is that he talked about the future and people being in, in a, a mode of the Venus Project mindset and lifestyle and culture and society as if it were a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen. And he'll say, you know, in the future, people won't, ah, people will. <laughs> and I love that. So check your heart. It, it's going to know. What, what do you, are you into music? Do you entertain others? A lot of us love being entertained. A lot of us love entertaining. Um, a lot of people love dancing and movement and sound and vibration. Yeah. Those have always gone together for our species. All right. And well, well, take, ho uh, hold on a second. We're storytellers. From, from tens of thousands of years ago, we were painting on the cave walls yes. and telling the stories of the world around us. That's what we do. We've been given language, this beautiful gift of language, for a reason. And just think in life there are leaders and followers people tend towards leading and coming up with ideas and communicating effectively and there are people that are totally happy to go along with whatever we're doing tonight or whatever we're eating tonight so people would just fall into their own little niche of where they belong in society but without the trappings of production no but of competition right. and of envy and of keeping up with the joneses and of the mercedes driving through the ghetto and you want to throw rocks at that yeah. rich jerk you know i'm using the best language i can can muster here on the show but you know what i mean it's it's a world beyond 
those types of programs that pervade our thoughts, pervade our culture, our films are violent, our sports are, are super aggressive, gladiators. and they're gladiators, and you're only accepted or cool or going to get laid or get whatever if you win or you're the best. And look at the way we push people, these Olympic athletes and stuff, especially maybe not as much in the United States, but in some some of these countries where they crack the whip. I mean, they're being pushed beyond the bounds of what what, what really humans should be you know, capable of. Okay, we, we need to round this off. I want to cover a couple of key points here. Um, first of all, say when the movie is and when and where. 11-11, it's going to be released online for the public. We're, we are doing a weekend worth of magic with Roxanne, where we're bringing her out here uh, to have a special gathering um, in, on Saturday for her, and then Sunday we're doing the uh, very special screening at um, ILM at the Premier Theater there on 11-10 for a matinee that we'll have a select number of uh, tickets available for. Where's the, yeah, so where's the Lumer Theater? If anyone's interested in viewing this new documentary about the Venus Project and the last interview of Jock Fresco's life, and yes. also starring Roxanne Meadows and yours truly, and Kip was right there with us on set, maybe appears in a shot or two, um, but we, we are going to do a VIP preview at Lucasfilms in the Presidio of San Francisco, so if you're in the Bay Area, we are going to be giving away some tickets for that, so be sure and come over to souldocumentary.love, sign up on our mailing list, be sure and come to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Soul Documentary on all channels, and sign up with us, like us, follow us, be, and join the conversation too. We uh, just you posted can, our well, first trailer I today. I wanted to say one thing before before you, you sign off and stuff like that. It sounds fantastic and it sounds exciting. I'm so excited for you guys. Uh, I just wanted to chime in and to say that this must be such a killer event for you guys. Uh, so you must be just reeling in excitement about this whole thing. So, um, um, you know, uh, so, but that, that's what I wanted to chime in on because, uh, you know, um, just wanted to let you know. This is Fred, by the way. So thank you, Fred. Yeah, yeah. how can you not be? First of all, well, I wanted to say one thing real quick. That to, just to put an in cap on what Evan was saying, it doesn't matter. And, and we touched on it. It doesn't really matter how advanced our technology is. is it doesn't matter. Jock's design. And Jock would say this: If our value systems don't change, we won't make it. It's just that simple. We cannot continue with this, all the values that Evan just described that we're currently operating uh, under. And expect to uh, to to thrive, let alone even survive. Nature is not in competition with itself. It's a hundred percent collaborative. Um, if you watch uh, that film by Tom Shadyac, I am. They do a beautiful job of illustrating how nature is is far more collaborative than it is uh, competitive. And we just need to wake up to what we truly are. We've been living in a, in all I can say is a delusion of fear for a really long time. And it's right. time to wake up, that's all. Well, it, it, I see everything that's going around, and it's, it's not a bad thing. I don't even perceive of, you know, our, our current politics as being a bad thing. This is the universe saying, wake up. Yeah. How, much, how much more ridiculous does this have to get before you guys are going to go, okay. But it's I'm an impressive go. way to getting your message out. And yes. that's what the important thing is, to get your message out. And the way you're doing it, I think, is fantastic. And uh, yeah, and um, uh, and I hope you're you're successful on many levels. Yes. So you know that's what I, I, I all I have to say. I'm going to message you my email. Please send me information. Also on Facebook on Buck the System, which has a Facebook page. 
please post this information on that. It will go directly to my Instagram and my Twitter account, okay? Well, thank you. Thank you for that. We yeah, and thank you for like being on. And we we'll talk again. We trailer today. We have five trailers, and we're going to dole them out over the next uh, number of weeks uh, leading up to the launch, which is about nine weeks away. And 11-11, save the date, we're going to go live on our Vimeo channel with a world worth imagining Jock Fresco, The Man with the Plan, our new documentary about the Venus Project. All right. Cool. Once and again, we're, all, please. And all we're going to be asking for the film is $3, and a portion of that will go towards funding the Venus Project itself. Please post that on my Buck the System Facebook page, so that will go to my Twitter and my Instagram. Is that a deal? Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Much you success for, uh, to you guys. Thank you so much. And, and, and Joel, everybody, Fred, thank you guys all for having us on the show. We really appreciate it. And we really just we want to get the word out about this yeah. as far as and wide as we can. Thank you so much. You, you take care. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.